The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika, sports leader. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on what is a cloudy, dreary, halfway rainy day in Auburn, Alabama. Seems like we can't get any sunshine over the last few days, but hope you're all doing well as we have made it to the middle of the week on Wednesday, May 24th, 2023. This is the Wednesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back up. Jacob Goins with me, as always, is Carter Carter, happy Wednesday, brother. Hope all is well with you. Oh, yeah. Everything's good. Auburn baseball got a win last night. Heck, yeah, they did. They finished it after midnight, but... I mean, they won. They won, and and they got the game in, which what, is important. First win in Hoover since 2019, right? 2018, I believe. 2018, yeah, 2018. First win That's for Auburn worse. baseball. Yeah, it is worse, especially <laughs> when the with the ways that they have lost the past yes. couple times out have been so brutal. I think back to that. Well, last year you're the first five seed to lose to a 12 seed in Kentucky uh, in SEC tournament history. You did not repeat that this time. Nope. Uh, but, and then I think back to that LSU game that was maybe the dumbest way I've ever seen Auburn lose a baseball game. It was just like errors, blocking the baseball, not knowing where it is behind the plate. It, it was, was a very stuff. It was dumb, a very Auburn dumb, way dumb, to lose. Dumb stuff. <laughs> well, they did not repeat any of that. Last night, Auburn baseball advances to day two of the SEC tournament. Uh, they get the first win that they desperately needed against Missouri. We'll talk about that coming up here in just a few minutes, give you an update from what's going on in Hoover. Sun is shining at Hoover Met right now, so uh, that's a good sign, and hopefully they yeah, continue to I get the games that in. that happen here, so I'm telling week. you, I'm telling you, man, it just rain and cloudy and dreary and just kind of, eh. but hey, sun is out in Hoover and I'll trade that for some clouds and rain here in Auburn, Alabama. But again, hope you're all doing well on this Wednesday afternoon. Lots to talk about today. Uh, obviously talking a lot of uh, Auburn baseball, SEC baseball, kind of getting you caught up on all that, getting you previewed for what's going on right now and what is going to happen later on tonight and uh, kind of talk about Auburn's path a little bit after they get the win last night. They have have Vanderbilt coming up tonight. We'll talk about all of that coming up here in hour number one. Also, want to talk some offenses in college football. ESPN did a piece about this, and it was really, really interesting. And I want to kind of talk about the offenses around college football, how they've changed, what we can expect over the next few years from offenses in the SEC and around college football. Then coming up in hour number two, we'll talk some more baseball and just continue to update you on what's going on in Hoover. How can Auburn continue to stay hot and be the hottest team 
team in the country and maybe take down a Vanderbilt team who is really, really talented. So that's what's coming up on the show today. We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. That's the phone number to get you through to us. Call in, be a part of the show, and be on the line. 334-321-1390. Your thoughts on Auburn's win last night. Your thoughts and how are you feeling about Auburn going into the Vanderbilt game tonight? Are you confident? Are you worried? We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Carter, Auburn wins last night. And it was shaky there for a little bit. They let Missouri hang around. And then the strength of this Auburn team, the bats, came alive. Well, it was a sleepy start for Auburn. I mean, you you look at the two errors in that one inning. You should have gotten out of the inning without giving up any runs. Instead, I think that was, what, the uh, fourth inning, I believe? Um, instead, you give up three innings. Um, Tommy Vale probably got squeezed by the home plate umpire. Uh, he got a strikeout. Yes. I don't. I mean, it is from the angle he's throwing at, the way it, that thing would cut across the plate, it's a strike. And he was fired uh, up about it, too. And he did not get the call, and it ended up leading to a couple more runs after that. And um, maybe a... A word or two for the home plate umpire on the way off the mound. Which I think he said that is dog manure. <laughs> um, Which look, there's an argument to be made. I get when you're in that situation, you're frustrated, you don't get the call, and it leads to runs right after that. That's always such a tough spot to be in as a pitcher. But you're really not doing yourself any favors, and the guys coming after you, you're not really doing yourself a whole lot of favors cussing out the home plate umpire. I get it. You're frustrated, but you're well, not he, really helping yourself out. He shouldn't out. have had to throw 83 pitches in three and two-thirds. I agree. Like, he looked great in the first inning, and he still had to throw almost 20 pitches to get out of the inning. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was a little much. It was a little much. And yeah, like, he walked some batters. Not sure all of them were walks, but he pitched better than his stat line shows. And I'm not sure it's his fault. I think it's the defense, and I think it's the umpiring crew's fault. Yeah, and Auburn wasn't, they weren't perfect in the field to start this game. I mean, you saw Missouri go up 1 0 in the second. Auburn bounces back in the bottom half of the third. They get a 3 1 uh, lead. You're feeling pretty good offensively. You feel okay with what's going on on the mound. Then all of that happens that you just talked about, and Missouri gets three runs. They take a 4-3 lead. Now, I will say, and I'll admit that in that time, even when Auburn was down 4-3, to I still had confidence because this team is so good offensively you have to, If you're an opposing team, you have to score seven or eight runs to really feel comfortable to beat this Auburn squad, and they get four back in that fourth inning, and they take the lead. All right, so I hear you. I do. I felt you felt confident. Your quote is, I felt confident because the Auburn offense and all that. Yeah. My counterpoint is Auburn and Hoover. <laughs> Fair. Like, I've seen that so many. We saw it last year. That Auburn offense was really good. And save Sonny hitting a monster bomb late. The, the offense didn't have a pulse. Yeah. Now, you got that 3-1 lead. You give it right back because you have the um, the error with <clears throat> the the fly ball to right that got booted by uh, Bobby Pierce that allowed it the runner to get to second base. If he gets that cleanly, he's still on first. And then a couple batters later, you have that moment where there's the, what, one-two hopper. It's hard hit. 
to uh, Bryson Ware, and he makes an error as well. And if if he's going to his left to make the throw to le- to second base, he probably feels that ball cleanly. But he's trying to come through it and come to first, and he's never really got in front of it. And it was one of the classic Olay balls, and that's mm-hmm. where. If you were an Auburn fan at that point in time, you're like, oh, no. Like, here it comes. This, this <laughs> Auburn comes. team looks like it's a little bit of sleep here, and they're, they find themselves down 4-3. But, you know, you get through that. Chase Isbell gets you out of a jam after spiking a curveball about six feet in front of home plate that gave up another run. As soon as he came in the game. But as soon as he – as soon as that happened – he settled in. He gave you three strong innings of relief work, and it was one of the better outings he's had all year. A lot of debate on this. Did you agree with pulling Tommy Vale at that point? Did you did you like the the decision to pull him and go to the bullpen in that instance? Yeah, because I mean, circumstances I think kind of dictated. He's at eighty three pitches. He's clearly frustrated. Uh, he's just coming off the stomach flu that they talked a lot about, like. Dude was getting IVs this past weekend and only threw two innings against Missouri as a result. He lost 12 pounds over the weekend from being sick. The velocity, I think, was a couple miles an hour lower than what we typically see. And I think all of that is just the physical state he was in. I think it's probably the right move because that that you're on the precipice there of it really unraveling. Mm-hmm. And while maybe you didn't have the most confidence in Chase Isbell in that moment coming in, he handled himself well. And, you know, in hindsight, absolutely, I think it was the right call. I was okay with it just because of the reason I said a minute ago, I still had confidence in this Auburn offense to make up for it, right? Even if Isbell came in and gave up more than he did, I would still be okay, and I still felt confident enough in the offense to make up for it because Missouri just doesn't have the pitching to hang with this Auburn team. They just don't. They really don't. They really don't. And and uh, the kid that started for them, I'm pulling up his name, Auburn saw him, uh, Javin Pimentel. Auburn saw Pimentel this past weekend. I think he went three and two-thirds. I think Auburn tagged him for four runs, I want to say. He kind of was in a rhythm there early. Mm-hmm. But when you look at his stuff, like it didn't really blow me away. I I mean, it's a 90-mile-hour fastball. He's got the slider. Um, I thought he was hanging some sliders. I think Auburn was almost like they were so hung that Auburn was a little kind of off balance and uncomfortable with it. Well, I mean, just look at the game itself. It took Auburn a couple innings to wake up, right? Yeah. But they did in the third. They and get those three runs. They they knock him out of the game. You they go to Lucas Brock or, or Brock Lucas rather, um, and that guy. I thought he had some stuff to him. I thought I thought he was he had some decent stuff, but then he gets absolutely just yanked out of the yard by uh, Cole Foster. And as soon as he came out of the game, it just felt like felt like Auburn had had it in hand. Well, Missouri used six pitchers last night. Six, which 
you have to because in a game like that Missouri had to win it's it's win or go home your season is done and they had to have it they couldn't get it done Auburn they use the offense you get that 10-4 victory because of the mammoth moonshot in the eighth inning from Cole Foster Yes, that that got the momentum back on your side. I have no idea what he said to his own dugout when he turned around, but he was pumped. And the uh, home plate umpire was, he was salty about yeah, it. I mean, umpires are dumb. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> says um, the former baseball player. <laughs> says the former catcher. I had to work with these guys all the time, and I don't agree with them all of the time, but my job, like Nate LaRue would tell you, when you're behind that plate, your job is to be that guy's best friend and make life as easy on him, keep the ball off him. And that's, I mean, Nate is a, an all-SEC defensive player mm-hmm. for a reason. And, man, I would, I texted this to some uh, buddies watching the game, I would kill for Nate LaRue's right arm because it's a cannon, yes, dude. Yes, it is. Like, there were not that many crazy moments where like anybody tried to steal on him because nobody really tries. I think Missouri tried this past weekend and he hosed that dude at second by a mile and it looked, it was fast, it was easy, but he has an absolute cannon, mm-hmm. dude. It's, he's, it's, he's one of those guys you just, you don't even take the chance. Back picks to first base that should not have a chance have a chance because it's he's throwing it 92 down there. And I'll say this too, I normally don't like that play because there's so many things that can go wrong when you throw down to first. There's so many things that can go wrong. It works so little of the time and it goes wrong so much. I hate that play. I hate when it happens at any level in baseball, when I'm calling high school ball, watching a college or a professional. Like, I hate when they do it. But if it is anybody that I have confidence in, it is Nate LaRue. Now, I still don't like the play, but he's good enough if to you, make it. If you have a catcher with a special arm that's a good athlete like Nate is, Nate, yeah, For I mean, we can talk about the bat. He tried to change the batting stance, tried to open up, and... We heard some reasons as to why trying to help his ability to see pitches. It didn't work. Closed him back up, went back to what he was used to. He's gotten a lot better. He had a pretty productive night last night, I want to say. I think he had yeah, he's one a for couple two. walks. I think he's one for two with a couple walks, if I recall that correctly. But also, I mean, I recall this last year. When you got to the end of the year and you got into the postseason, his bat really started to wake up. Mm-hmm. And so seeing that, that's encouraging. The counting stats aren't going to blow you away. Uh, the slash numbers aren't going to blow you away. But that's getting better. But he's so good for you behind the plate. Um, and when you've got a guy that's that athletic, that has that arm, I have more power to you. I If you can do that and be accurate with it and you've got a special arm, 100% do it. And I'm okay with a catcher that is not – just the best hitter on the team if he is as good as a catcher as Nate LaRue is, right? I Look, you, you would love to have the, the combo of a great hitting catcher and also a great defensive catcher, but with LaRue, he's so good behind the plate that I'm okay with his hitting numbers not being what you would like them to be because he makes up for it 
on the defensive side. And so Auburn gets the 10-4 victory. Again, you had the the moonshot into the trees. It went all the way uh, to the interstate. It went into the ocean, wherever it landed. The ball may still be going in the eighth inning from Mr. Cole Foster. That thing was a, that was a nuke. nuke. Four sixteen to right into no the wind doubt. on a rainy night in Hoover. Late at night where it's cooler, where it's harder to hit the ball farther. Everything about that was unbelievably impressive. Again, you want to talk about a guy? Let's look back at last year. You get to postseason play, his power numbers or his power stroke at the plate really found itself. Because remember, he came off injury in the regional yeah, and hit two bombs in, in the, what, I think the first inning? His first inning back? And I think he hit it from both sides of the plate? I was there. I saw it. It was unbelievable. It's so, crazy. He's so good, man. He's so good. He's, and Auburn... When when Chris Stanfield is getting hits and getting on base and using his speed, when Cole Foster is hitting the way he is right now, he is as hot of a hitter in this Auburn lineup. And look, you've got Bobby Pierce, who's having an unbelievable year. I thought, if anything, he was having a little bit of an off night last night. I thought early, I, I loved... I thought he was on it, and I and I had the same feeling uh, this past weekend watching him against Missouri. I think he lost it for an at bat there. He had maybe the worst at bat he's had all year, but then he followed that up by lacing a double to center. Uh, Cooper McMurray, the power bat there, and how he's continued to produce. And then you have Bryson Ware and Ike Irish, who yeah yeah don't forget about those guys. <laughs> Bryson Ware, just so we're all on the same page here. His bomb to left center in the bottom of the eighth last night puts him tied for second in single-season home runs at Auburn, tied with Sonny DeShera, who did it last year. Mm-hmm. So he has a real shot to not only get another home run and tie the Auburn record, if Auburn goes deep in the postseason, he's probably got a really good chance to be your single-season Auburn home run record holder. And I will tell you what, Bryson Ware was a total non-factor at the plate his first two years at Auburn. Got started at Mississippi State, went to junior college, came to Auburn. It just never clicked. It never worked out. I can't recall the last time I've seen an Auburn hitter just burst onto the scene and go from, yeah, he's a kind of like platoon bench guy that you may get some at-bats for. You may put him in for defense. And he's hitting 360 with 22 bombs. It's been a great turnaround, man. It really has. And in a like, sport and he, in a league, that's so hard to do that. He went from this guy that you 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 watched. And you're like, oh, like he's a pretty good defender. He's an athletic guy. Man, if he could ever put it together. You're talking about a draft guy. Mm-hmm. You're talking about a guy who will play at the next level and could have a pretty good career. And it was always, well, what if he ever put it together? Well, that gum, he's put it together this year. He's put it together. He's playing really well. Auburn playing really well. Uh, they defeat Missouri last and night 10-4. to We got to give, we got to acknowledge Ike Irish, the freshman phenom, who, I'll be honest, when I watch his swing, I don't know why anybody would ever throw him anything on the inside half of the plate. He's going after it, and he, he's going to get it. It looks like he is violently trying to rip that thing to the, to the right side. You got Case and Howell, the old veteran who, I mean, has been in 
school for most of the 2000s at this point in time. The, the old guy. Yeah, the old <laughs> and, guy. And I mean, this lineup is really good. I mean, I, I, I would say right now with the batch you're seeing taking place, the one spot that is a little bit of a question mark in this Auburn lineup is that eight hole mm-hmm. with Caden Green just because he's had some flash moments, but it's the one spot where, where the bats are a little bit different. But if you only have one spot where you're kind of iffy, I think you're doing just fine if you're Auburn baseball. Well, heck, I mean, Missouri had four or five of those spots at the back, exactly. especially the nine, the nine hole guy who almost ran into a nuke of a grand slam, yes. by the way. Yeah. Guy was hitting 150, had, had not hit a home run, and ran into a fastball and almost mm-hmm. hit a grand slam that would have drastically changed this game. He almost did, but thankfully he did not. Auburn defeats Missouri in their first game of the SEC tournament. They'll take on Vanderbilt tonight. We'll give you some updates from Hoover, what's been going on last night and this morning at the SEC tournament and talk some more SEC and college baseball when we come back here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7 online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. All right, back inside the studio here at ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader, giving you some updates from the SEC tournament in Hoover. Uh, Auburn was the last game last night. Thankfully, they got all the games in yesterday, and it seems like they're kind of on schedule so far today with the first game of the afternoon, LSU and South Carolina. And if this was a month ago, this would have been one of the biggest matchups in the entire year in college baseball. Because if you remember, South Carolina got all the way up to number two and LSU got all the way up to number one before Auburn made sure they took care of business. And ever since that Auburn series for the Gamecocks, they have fallen off an absolute cliff. And they ran in... I think they're... Five. I think I think I did the entire math, starting with that Auburn series. I think they've gone five and twelve from yeah. that point on. It's rough. It's with, been it's been rough going for them. And they got the win versus Georgia, which they kind of desperately needed. But we're talking about a team that had like six losses. Mm-hmm. They had six losses before the Auburn series, and now they're sitting at what eighteen for the year. Yeah, for the year, sixteen I mean, and thirteen I, like, in conference play. We joke about, I mean, we, we, we joked about it with LSU when Auburn beat them and then State beat them the next series, and that one made no sense at all. We joked that Auburn broke LSU. Auburn, like, actually did break South Carolina, and watching them, they don't look good. No, they don't. And they got the win against Georgia last night or yesterday, 9 to nothing. Your, your prize was to play LSU today. And they got beat 10 to 3. It was it really wasn't anything crazy. LSU was just doing LSU things. And you hold them to three runs, you score 10, and LSU wins in game one of the afternoon. What the game that's going on right now, which I think a lot of SEC fans should have their eyes on, Texas AM and Arkansas. And if you remember, this Texas AM team, they're not great. They're 14 and 16 in conference play. They're solid, but they're not great by any means. They beat Auburn. They shouldn't have, but they did. Their their win yesterday cemented their status in the postseason. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're playing for gravy, I guess. Like, if they go on a crazy run, maybe they could be a two seed. Playing probably as a not. confidence. Probably not. Yeah, but, playing as a confidence booster right now. But they're going to be about as dangerous as a three seed. Whoever draws them. 
good luck. Good luck, friends, because yeah. that's not fun for Be- anybody involved. Because they beat Tennessee yesterday 3 nothing. They're currently on top of Arkansas 3 nothing in their game today in the bottom half of the third inning in Hoover. So keep your eyes on that one. Later on today, Alabama and Florida. How much fun is that one going to be? After Alabama beat Kentucky yesterday... And if you remember, the Wildcats are the number two team in the RPI, so they're a really good squad. Alabama beats them yesterday for nothing. The Crimson Tide taking on the Florida Gators. That game is at 4.30 uh, Central Time around there up in Hoover. Austin Hannon of Bama Central will join us in hour number two at 3.30 to talk about that game, talk about the Crimson Tide a little bit. So looking forward to having that conversation. And then, of course, Auburn and Vanderbilt tonight in the late game once again. Um, Auburn should be feeling pretty good. You're going up against a 19-win SEC squad at Vanderbilt. I mean, um, Vanderbilt is bad. Back to being Vanderbilt baseball. Yes. I mean, it, if anything, they're not quite all the way there, honestly, because peak Vanderbilt is almost untou- untouchable in this league. They've been down a little bit here recently. Um, I mean, I guess since they had the two first-round draft pick uh, rotation that was wild when they had Lighter and they had Rocker. Uh, that is son of former Auburn legend Tracy Rocker, defensive tackle, NFL player forever. What current D line coach is he still the D line coach for the Eagles? If he's the D, I don't know. What hey, I know he was. I don't know if, if he still he is, is. Then like, huh? We just like forgot that he. Uh, yeah, D line coach for the Eagles. Good but, for him. But, I mean, that D line was nasty this it past was, year, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, since that since they kind of left, Vanderbilt's been a little down. They're really good again. We'll talk about how Auburn can beat Vanderbilt and continue to stay hot in baseball. We'll talk about that in just a little bit, but stay tuned. We'll talk some more when we come back. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. And Carter Bird on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Halfway through hour number one here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds. And at the back, I'm Jacob Goetz. He is Carter Bird with you on ESPN 106.7. Taking a sidestep from baseball just for a few minutes, I believe we got some confirmation. Uh, the one and only Jumpin' Jack Hutton will be calling in at 245 to talk some baseball. So we'll take a sidestep there. And I think he is really excited. <laughs> if you are if you are listening uh, and you, you love Jack's analysis of baseball, he seems extremely fired. He is. I'm sure he is. After Auburn wins last night, you've got some really good games going on in the SEC tournament. Uh, Excited to talk to him and hear what he has to say. So he'll call in at 2:45. By the way, um, just because I and I know Auburn fans are aware of this because they've watched this Missouri team uh, four games and they've seen how they've talked about this Missouri lineup and how they can hit all these home runs. They're led by uh, Luke Mann, uh, who's a good player, really good player. Um, he has 21 home runs this year. He's hitting 311, uh, 54 RBIs. Um, he, he's been sitting on that 49 home runs, which is the record ever since, I think, game two of this past weekend. But he's the go-to guy in this Missouri lineup. And I want to mention this because, man, I felt like Auburn had him on his back foot all weekend and into yesterday. Game one on last Thursday, 
or I guess it was Friday because it was a doubleheader. 0 for 4, three strikeouts. Game two, 1 for 4, does have a two run home run at the end in a game that's already out of reach. It's 7 to nothing when he hits that home run. Two strikeouts, so he has two RBIs, a run, a home run in that game. One for three in game three, two strikeouts, two RBI, and a run. Uh, he had a double. Last night, 0 for 5, three strikeouts. So Auburn's pitching staff held the best hitter in Missouri's lineup, their biggest power bat, to a 2 for 12, 10 strikeouts. Every time he got out, it was a strikeout. That's strong. That's really, really strong. And I think it speaks to what Auburn's pitching staff has done over this run. It's not just them being hot. They've gotten better. And they've improved. And they are figuring it out. And and if you can do Matthew, that... Scratch that. Scratch that. I'm wrong. That's 2 for 16. 2 for 16. I did awful math there. It's all um, right. We're in the radio business. 10 strikeouts, though. Jeez. 10 strikeouts to their best hitter. Literally, yeah. their best hitter who will go down as one of the best hitters probably in Missouri baseball history. I mean, the, the batting average numbers don't blow you away. I mean, he was good last year, 270, 17 home runs, but 21 home runs this year hitting over 300. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's probably one of the – he since they've joined the SEC, definitely, he's, he's probably one of the best hitters. Well, Auburn pitching, I mean, they're, they're a huge reason. They're doing what they're doing. They beat Missouri last night. They'll play Vanderbilt later on today, uh, this evening, really. And again, uh, Jack Hutton excited to call in and talk some baseball, so we'll get him on the phones in about 10 minutes or so. But want to talk one thing really quick. I saw an article on ESPN today, and it was on ESPN+. Plus. If you have that, I recommend that you go and find it. It's a really, really good unique article talking about the title of it is college football future power rankings offenses they did a defensive article about this now they did a an offensive article basically looking at the future of these college football programs and trying to predict based off of numbers who's going to be the best offenses in college football and they rank them right so they go through and they rank them based off of your quarterback power rankings and your offensive power rankings and everything going into it with recruiting and with your coaching and your conference all of that type of stuff they put it all together and they're talking about the best offenses in college football and I bring this up because we've had this conversation before I know Terry has called in about this multiple times we've had conversations with our listeners with our guests with ourselves about in college football just how dynamic the offenses are now and how explosive they are and how much different the game of college football is where especially in the southeastern conference where it used to be if you score 21 points, you're going to win the football game. Whereas is now, if you don't score 30 to 35 points, you're going to get blown out. Yeah. And, I, and I think it's just a really, really unique topic to think about of where offenses are, where the game of college football is now. Man, this is... I feel like there's so many flaws in this ranking system that they're creating. Here. Oh, it's definitely not perfect. Because it's trying to project... Over the next three seasons, what your offense is going to be. So 23, 24, 25. How do you do that in college football these days? I mean, yes, USC's offense is going to be great. It's going to be great this year especially. I mean, they've got Caleb Williams, Heisman Trophy winner. They've got so much talent at receiver. They're going to be awesome. But Caleb Williams is going to the NFL. And, like, do we know that they're going to be the number one offense? I, I think that that's bold it's tough to predict with high school recruiting obviously which has always been a factor but the transfer portal makes this 10 or 50 times harder to predict because 
Caleb, realistically, Caleb Williams, if he wanted to say, yeah, let's go somewhere else, he could have left. I mean, you know what I'm saying. Like, guys like that can get up and leave pretty much anytime they want to. Yeah. And so, how do you predict that? I don't know, but. I still think the article is interesting. No, it's not perfect, and it probably will not be halfway right, but it's still really, really interesting. So they have USC at the top, Ohio State at two. They have Georgia at three. I think that's really interesting because of what Georgia was and what they are becoming. We know that their their first national championship, it was the defense, right? They had an NFL-level defense on the field, and now they're starting to get really, really good offensively. Well, yeah, I mean, they've been good on offense. They've had the pieces, and it's something we've talked about. We, we talked with Chris Gordy about it last Thursday. They have not gotten that difference maker, elite caliber quarterback yet. And it looks like, it looks like that's going to be in place in the future. I mean, you've got Carson Beck, who's going to be your guy this year, highly rated four-star guy, <laughs> behind him is Brock Vandegrift, former five-star quarterback. Gunnar Stockton, former five-star quarterback. And coming in this next class is Dylan Rayola, number one player in the 24 class. He's a five-star plus quarterback because they're, they've started doing that now. And yeah, I mean, if anything, I'll make a bold prediction here. Three's too low for Georgia for the next three seasons. They're two, maybe one, because... On the offensive side of the football. Yes. Because, I mean, Brock Bowers, um, the Lad McConkey. you've got all this talent coming through. I mean, they lost... Um, I'm drawing a blank. Well, uh, they've lost. Andy Mitchell or what, the, mm-hmm. the guy who transferred yeah. to Texas... He's really good, but they can, with the way they recruit, they can bring in whatever they want. Well, that's that's the thing is Georgia has gotten to the point where, yeah, they may lose a guy, but they're going to relock and reload, and that's what is so scary about Georgia. I mean, you've got all of these guys. Oh, it's it's Donovan Rayola, not Dylan. Um, But you've got all these running backs. You've got all these tight ends. You've got talent receiver, and now you're about to put elite quarterback play or. Elite ceiling potential at the quarterback position for the first time since Kirby Smart's been there. They might be scary nasty. Like, we know they're already starting the dynasty. They are, the torch in my mind has been 100% passed from Alabama to Georgia. Is it scary to think that this might be a better version over the next 10 15 years of what has happened in Alabama it could be but I think the thing that we just talked about a second ago the transfer portal I think could limit that just a little bit because think about what Saban was doing when Alabama was doing Alabama things he would recruit the best of the best he could get anybody he he wanted in the country and he locked them in and they would sit there for three years behind a five-star, yeah. behind another five-star, until they got their shot, and they would be good, ready to go, experienced. Which, That's not a thing anymore. Which makes what Georgia has done at the quarterback position nuts. Mm-hmm. Like, the lowest-rated guy, either on campus right now or coming in the door this next in this next class, this next cycle, that's the guy who's starting. The guy who started for you the previous two years won you back-to-back national championships – 
was the lowest rated guy then too. Like Stetson Bennett had 14 stars of quarterbacks behind him. Carson Beck, who if he were to play two years at Georgia, as of right now, and somebody's going to leave that room, whether mm-hmm. it's Brock Vandergriff or Gunnar Stockton, as of right now, there's a real shot he goes into the spring with, if he comes back, with 15 stars of quarterback behind him? It's ridiculous, man. It's absolutely ridiculous. So, yeah, looking at this article, the ranking and trying to predict the best offenses in college football for the next three years. Georgia at three. Uh, I think you could even go higher. I'm with you on that. Some interesting ones here in the top ten. Alabama four, Michigan five. The Michigan one is really interesting. I put this in the same category as Georgia because with Michigan, what's the go-to for them? It's been their defense. Their defense is always elite. Well, and their ability to run the football. But if they can have a high-powered offense where they're scoring 40 points a game, which is what you do in college football now, especially in the Big Ten where defenses are high level, if Michigan can have a top-five offense in the next three years – they will compete and possibly win a national championship because they can overtake Ohio State if they can continue to keep their defense at a high level and match the offense of what the Buckeyes normally do. Yes, I I would have Michigan lower on this list. I'd I would them, too. I'd have them behind Tennessee. Uh, I'd have them... I mean, I, I, I'll make a bold statement here. I'd have them below Texas. I'd probably have them ahead of Washington, and I'd probably have them ahead of Oklahoma. Oklahoma confuses me. Oklahoma at seven is puzzling. Seems really high, given what's going on there, and especially that they're coming to the SEC. They're going to be a lot better, yes, but I... That's not an offense that scares me anymore right now. No, not right now. Now, here's an interesting one that people may turn their heads on, but it's right. Washington, their offense is going to be... It's going to be elite. Now, are they going to be able to stop anybody? I don't know. They may just have to get in shootouts and see who can score 61st. But that Washington offense is going to be really good. Quickly before Penix we... Is there, yeah. And Penix, right. honestly, the 23 future QB power ranking, if that's mapping it out past 23, 23 and beyond, sure. But just for the 23 season, Penix is way better than mm-hmm. 11th that they're ranked at. No, I'm with you. And I think they're going to be good, but again... They're playing in the Pac-12, so the offense will look really good. Can their defense stop anybody? I don't really know. And I think what's interesting, we don't have time for it right now, but it's interesting to to find a, try to figure out where Auburn would be in this, right? Where would Auburn be in the next three years? Where could their offense be ranked with the, everybody else in college football? I mean, there's so many, there's so many possibilities for what Auburn could be offensively in 23, in 24, and in 25, especially if recruiting, and the transfer portal continue to grow like we've seen Hugh Freeze do. Interesting article I found. I wanted to mention it uh, just for a few minutes. Jack Hudson's supposed to be calling in. We'll get him on the phones, talk some Auburn baseball, and give you an update from Hoover as A&M hit a solo shot, and they are up 4 nothing on Arkansas. We'll wrap up hour number one, talking baseball, when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up our number one here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. Let's get to the phone lines, 334-321-1390. And our good friend Jack Hutton, who is so eager to talk SEC baseball. Jack, how are you, man? Hey, guys. What's going on? 
Not too much. Talking SEC baseball is A&M on 4 nothing on Arkansas Watching right now. Watching Sloss just lay waste to Dave Van Horn and Arkansas. How is, can, is this a statement on A&M or more of one on Arkansas? I don't think it's a statement ball? on Arkansas. I think Arkansas is really good. I think. I also I don't know how that left fielder just dropped that ball, but there, he didn't even get a glove on it. He I'm was, going with A&M. I think the, given the, what they did is, yesterday. This is a testament to the SEC and that anybody can get you for the most part if you're in that. I mean, if you're in the top 10 teams in the league, you're capable of getting anybody any given game. To your point, Vandy has lost Holton and Owen, two of their arms the rest of the year. And so when they're going up against Arkansas last week and, and they take them down two of three, that was kind of a shocker to me. And now A&M's all over them. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's, it's a shot against Arkansas, but I definitely thought they were a little more airtight than this. Well, Jack, we'll uh, get to Auburn baseball. They take down Missouri last night for the fourth time in a row. Uh, They do it with the bats. It was a sloppy start there, a slow start, especially for Auburn. Uh, They saw themselves trailing Missouri at one point early in this baseball game, but they come back. They win 10-4. What did you see last night that gives you confidence for tonight? What I saw is Cole Foster uh, that that gave me confidence for tonight. Um, Man, he continues to stay just red hot at the plate. I mean, that was a highlight probably of the year for Auburn, uh, the big three-run bomb that he hits there. I think in the – was it in the fourth or the fifth inning? It was one of those It was one of those middle innings like that. Um, but, I mean, obviously that was kind of the momentum grabber that uh, kind of got everything. He finished, I think, with, with two or three hits on the night. Um, you know, behind him, you, you got – you started getting not only contact and, and putting the ball in play, but you started getting loud contact there towards the end of the game. Um, you know, Foster had it. You had – um, a double from Cooper McMurray. You had the big double from Bobby Pierce that was probably the hardest hit ball than that. I think it was 110 off the bat exit velocity uh, that gets into center field. Ike Irish hit the ball a couple hard a couple times. Bryson Ware, of course, with a big home run. I mean, you're getting hard hit balls up and down the lineup. And, you know, even Chris Stanfield had a couple of hard hit balls last night. I think he had a double. So the, the Auburn offense, like I've said all year, guys, it's as good as Butch Thompson's team. As a, as a Butch Thompson team has had in Auburn, it's, all this team is really looking for is just that consistency on the mound. And over the last few weeks, they've started, they've started to get it. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at this Auburn team, the way that they've turned around this year, how dominant that offense is. I mean, I, I, I feel confident saying that I think this offense is better than it was last year when Auburn's offense was pretty good. Uh, but you've you've got the breakout stars in Ike Irish as a freshman, Bryson Ware, Chris Stanfield's coming along. You're capable of scoring with anybody in college baseball. And yesterday, thought it was a little bit of a sleepy start for Auburn. Settled in, scored some runs, and then I I got worried for a second as we got into the latter innings that thought the bats were going a little cold. I think if, after that bottom of the eighth, you got to feel really confident coming into today's games because the bats, you ended on a high note. Chase Ossip, who's got great stuff, who's gotten so much better here over the last month or so, he's going for you on the mound. How do you see this, this Auburn team matching up with Vanderbilt today? I think what I said in the beginning there about Vanderbilt, you know, Vandy's down a couple of arms now. I mean, Holton and Owen are going to be gone for the year now, and so... Um, for Vanderbilt, again, I was I was a little surprised that they were able to take two out of three 
against Arkansas um, this past week. I mean, I know they had to come back from from way down late in one game, but but they put it together and got two out of three on on that Sunday. Uh, well, I guess it was Saturday. But um, I think it kind of shows that once again, what you said at the beginning of the 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 segment here is that this is the SEC, and just about anybody can take down anybody um, on any given day. You know, I think with this Auburn squad. Um, it's about keeping the bat hot, and, and I think that they're going to stay hot. Um, and then the other side of that, of course, you mentioned Chase also. You know, he's had a, like two out of three of his last three appearances now have been really, really good. Um, of course, you know, he goes against LSU, and then last week against Missouri. In Ole Miss, though, he got off to a shaky start. I think he made it through like one and a third or two and a third or something like that. Um, but he was giving up hard contact in that, and so – it's which Chase Alsop are you going to get in this one? I think if Chase Alsop can shove like he did against Missouri last week, this is going to this is an Auburn win, no question. That's um, wow. just about can you get wow. that performance? Prediction here on on the line. I like it. Yeah, I mean, if and and that's what I'm saying though. If if you can get the same strike zone fill up like Chase Alsop did against Missouri, I mean, and that's that's where he's at his best. It's not nibbling on corners with his slider. It's Throwing the fastball at high velocity pass hitters. I mean, he's got good stuff when he trusts it and when he gets it in the zone. So it's about filling up the zone. And I think if he does that, I think this offense is really hard to stop and um, going to be, I, I think it'll be a win for Auburn rather easily. Again, if also can do that, which is not an easy task. Jack, we're about to get to break, but any surprises you've seen in the SEC tournament so far, result wise? No, not necessarily big surprises outside of uh, A&M. You know, I definitely thought Tennessee had come into this um, fairly hot. You know, they, and I know South Carolina is down, but they just went on the road and took the series against South Carolina. Um, and, you know, they kind of been hot down the stretch with Chase Burns moving from that starting role now this year uh, going into a bullpen role. So that's really the only surprise. Um, well, I mean, they, Jack, they, they, they forgot to bring their bats. They got yeah, one hit. Yeah. And A and M and A and M remembered him. I mean, Jake Lavalette. If, if you um, remember when he was in Auburn, I think he hit like three home runs against Auburn. Um, he's a he's one of those freshmen that right behind like Charlie Condon um, at Georgia and then at Ike Irish here at Auburn. He's one of those that's right up there with freshman of the year in the SEC. He's been fantastic. He's up to 19 home runs now on the year. Um, so got a lot of power. Got a lot of. Um, when he's really voluminous, I think it's, uh, it's working well for the Aggies right now. Jack, always good to talk to you and talk to baseball, man. We appreciate you taking some time to join us here on the show. Hour number one in the books. When we come back, we'll give you updates from Hoover, talk some results, and give you a score update on Texas A&M and Arkansas. You are on the line, live on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. 
You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7 Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway in hour number two here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins. Alongside me, as always, is Carter Bird in the studio. Hour number one is in the books. If you missed any of it, talking lots of baseball, did talk some college football as well. And so uh, had a great first hour. If you missed any of it, we gave you updates from who we're about to talk some more about that as the SEC baseball tournament continues over at the or up at the Hoover Met. Uh, we talked some Auburn and their win over Missouri. We'll talk a little bit more about that, but really get you previewed for their matchup versus Vanderbilt later on tonight in what is now the double elimination section of the SEC tournament. So if you missed any of our number one, as always, be sure to go and find the podcast right after the show today. You can find it two ways. You can find it at ESPNAU.com. Just click on the podcast center it'll be right there commercial free right after the show or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast but as promised coming up here at hour number two we'll talk some more sec baseball get you caught up on what's going on in hoover right now the games coming up the two later tonight are fantastic auburn vanderbilt and alabama florida those are going to be so much fun in the SEC tournament. So we'll talk about those games. And speaking of Alabama, at 3.30, Austin Hannon of Bama Central, our Alabama insider, will be joining us at 3.30 on the phone lines live from the Hoover Met. Uh, So we got boots on the ground there in Hoover. We'll be talking to him about this Alabama team, how they've gotten to this point, how in the world are they still winning after everything that went down in Tuscaloosa, and if they have a chance to beat the Gators tonight. So that's coming up at 3.30. But until then, phone lines are open give us a call we'd love for you to call in and be a part of the show be on the line 334-321-1390 that number again 334-321-1390 your thoughts on Auburn baseball your predictions for the rest of the SEC tournament the game tonight for Auburn baseball versus Vanderbilt and Carter let's start right there Auburn gets the win over Missouri last night four games in a row you beat Missouri you handle them you start Mm -hmm. slow but you take care of business Now you come in and you're playing a Vanderbilt team. There's maybe a little bit less pressure because it is the double elimination part of the SEC tournament. So if you lose tonight, you're still alive. But you're taking on a Vanderbilt team as number eight in the RPI. So you and I have talked about this already this week. And I, if I were Auburn, I think it's to feel 100% safe. 100%. You need one more. I mean, I thought that there would be... There is some scenario where I feel like maybe Auburn could kind of have a host spot just kind of snaked from them, just stolen from them by losing these next two games. If you win the night, you're a lock, 100% lock. But then at the same time, I mean, if you make a run, you're not that far out from being in the top eight seed Discussion. You're currently, I know I made a big deal about the flaws that I had with D1 Baseball's RPI yesterday. According to D1 Baseball, you're sitting at number 14. A win over Vanderbilt and maybe a couple more wins. I think you'd be right around that 7-8 mark. I think you've, because... Which, for our listeners that don't know what that means, tell them what that would mean for Auburn. Oh, I mean, getting to, if Auburn were to win this tournament and reel off 13 straight SEC wins and finish, what, 
17 and 3 in their last 20 SEC games. And if you have an RPI around 8, you would host a regional, and assuming you win your regional, because I mean, it's designed for the host to win, because you, you have that home field advantage and you, ha- you play the four seed, and it's designed for you to have the easiest path. You win your regional, you would host a super regional at that point, which has Auburn ever done? I'm not sure Auburn's ever hosted with a, a chance to go to Omaha. Yes, exactly. You would you would have you would have a best of three series at home against whoever came out of the regional you are you would be paired with coming into the week on Monday. Your D one baseball had you projected as the twelve seed, so the twelfth one seed, which pairs you with. Stanford, which is a lot of fun, yes, but you would like to not have to fly across the country if you won your regional to go play that Stanford team in Stanford. You would you would like to at least stay somewhere relatively close. You would certainly love to have a path to hosting both. No doubt. And and look, if Auburn were able to host a regional that'd be two years in a row, you hosted it last year Which before would be really impressive. Before you went out to uh, Oregon State, and we know how that went, it would be really impressive to to host two regionals in a row. And yeah, if you make uh, again, I keep using the term if you make some noise in Hoover, I don't even think you necessarily have to win it all in Hoover this week. I think if Auburn makes some noise, and what I mean by that is win some games. Beat some people that maybe you're not necessarily supposed to beat. Vanderbilt tonight would be a great start. Be a great start tonight. And then after this, win or lose, you're playing the combination of either Florida or Alabama. And both of those teams are really, really good. Alabama beat you in the midst of the crumble of this season right before you turned it around. Um, I think Auburn would love the opportunity to play that team again. If you could beat Vanderbilt, Alabama, Florida, the combination of that trio and go on to play what seems to be LSU or Texas A&M because A&M is on top of Arkansas right now but if you make a run in this SEC tournament I don't even think you have to win for Auburn to make it up to an eight spot it would be really difficult but I think I'm with you where you've got the first win under your belt you beat Missouri last night If you get one more win, if you're Auburn baseball, you will host a regional. You will. You will host a regional at Plainsman Park for the second year in a row. Then at that point, you're trying to stay healthy. You're trying to make Mm -hmm. a run, trying to stay hot, because we know that this is the hottest team in college baseball. They've won, what, nine straight SEC games now, thanks to the game last night against Missouri. Is that right? Yeah. Because they is. came into it with it eight, is. and they get the one last night. And they reel off the four more that it would take to win it if without losing, Auburn would get to 13. <laughs> Which would be unbelievable. It would be unbelievable. And so with this game tonight, Carter, against a such a good Vanderbilt team that you mentioned in the first hour is back to being Vanderbilt baseball, what does Auburn have to do in your mind to hang with Vanderbilt and possibly beat them tonight in Hoover? I think you need a you need a solid outing out of Chase Allsup. You need all, Chase Allsup to look like the guy who has gone out there the last three times on the mound, um, who looks like he has righted some of the issues he has had. If you get a solid outing out of him, you got to jump on this Vanderbilt team. You you I think you need to score first. I need I think you need to 
Uh, see if you can get this Vanderbilt team on its back foot. They've been sitting around here for a couple days. There were a few of the players were at the Met last night watching the beginning of the Auburn game. I don't. I doubt they stuck around to the very end. Um, but yeah, I mean, you need to really come after this this Vanderbilt team. Take it to them. Make this Vanderbilt team. Um, Put up a bunch of put up some crooked numbers to beat you. If you can, I'd love to see Auburn put up three, four runs in the first two, three innings, and and see how that Vanderbilt team responds. I think the first three or four innings are really important because we saw last night with this Auburn team against Missouri, who let's just be honest, they're not a great team. They're not that good. They were the last team to get into Hoover. Of course, the bottom two of the of the league don't even go to Hoover. Um, but you saw last night with Auburn. It was a slow start, and Missouri jumped on them. Not much, but they jumped on them. And Auburn had to respond offensively with the bullpen. They had a few errors. They had a few misplays. Auburn cannot afford to do that. From here on out in this SEC tournament and in postseason play, you can't really afford that. But if you do, I am still confident enough in the offense that you are never truly out of a game with this Auburn squad. I mean, you've, you've kind of already dipped your toe in the water. You've gotten used to the environment you know it's I mean you've already played a game Vanderbilt has not in Hoover yet so I think that can if Auburn leverages that correctly can be a positive by the way um, Vanderbilt's been a really weird team this year I don't know have you looked at how what they've done in SEC play they opened they opened conference play with back-to-back series against Ole Miss and Mississippi State sweep both Swept Georgia, so 9-0. and Took two out of three against Missouri. That's fine. It was on the road. Two out of three against a really good South Carolina team. Then got swept by Tennessee. Including a midweek loss to Indiana State before that. Yes. Then swept Kentucky. Then lost two out of three to Alabama. Got swept by Florida. That Alabama took- series was when Bohannon got fired. Exactly. Which, which shocked us all that Alabama took two out of three in that series. Then took two out of three against Arkansas. It's just like it's been streaky, kind of hit or miss. Yeah, it's been streaky. Like if they're cold, you can get them, and anybody can get them. Yeah, and you bring up a good point: the fact that Auburn's already played a game in Hoover this year, and we talk about that so much because the Hoover Mets. It's a weird ballpark. It just is. It's a weird ballpark to play in. And weird not, stuff happens in Hoover. <laughs> weird things happen in Hoover. It's, it's like, like it's like weird voodoo, like Auburn playing big home games in Jordan Hare. It's Hoover, like the dumbest things can mm-hmm. happen. And not many teams get the opportunity to play a game there in the in the year. Auburn tried and it got rained out, but not many teams get a chance to play there before going to the SEC tournament. And sure, you've got guys that have played there before in the past, but. You have an Auburn team that is the hottest team in America who has a win under their belt. They got over the hump of not winning a game in Hoover in almost five years since 2018. With all of that behind you, Auburn baseball should feel really, really good going into this game mm-hmm. today. They should feel fresh. They Now, they did play late last night, but they played late tonight, so they've had all I mean, day can, to recover. You can sleep in for sure. Right. I, mean, it's, I, don't, I don't think playing late last night affects this Auburn team all that much today. I think you could still run through the entire pregame routine just it's later. Right. It's later and 
I mean, if anything, it's easier because these guys don't don't have any sort of class or anything before mm-hmm. this at this point in time. And luckily, seems like weather's not an issue at all today in Hoover, and so mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about. Well, we're scheduled for thirty minutes after the Alabama Florida game, but who knows what it's actually going to be? I don't think you have that worry today. I think you you legitimately are okay when that game is ready. We're on. We're ready to go. And Auburn has the game under their belt. They have a win under their belt. This is not do or die necessarily against Vanderbilt today. I think Auburn could play pretty freely this evening against Vanderbilt and yeah. have a really good shot. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think all pressure, all pressure is off this Auburn team right now because yesterday was the game for there to be a little bit of pressure on Auburn because Missouri, Missouri could play so free because Missouri had to make a crazy run to have any semblance, and they might have even had to win the whole thing in order to make the postseason. Auburn was on the precipice of that host of a regional discussion. There was some pressure on Auburn. There was no pressure on Missouri. It somewhat kind of flips today because Auburn has gotten that win. You're not going to see them um, get... hmm, You're not going to see them... The RPI drops significantly for losing to a Vanderbilt team in a neutral site game in Hoover, Alabama. Um, Vanderbilt, not as used to the environment, come in. Maybe they're a little tight to start out. Maybe it's a little bit of a slower start. Um, I'm very curious. I mean, it you know, it, you know it reminds me of a little bit. Every NCAA tournament, one of those first four teams gets a win in the next round. One of, when they play in when they play in Dayton, they get. The, I mean, it was. I mean, Dagum, you saw a 16 seed. You saw a 16. You saw Fairleigh Dickinson beat Purdue. Yeah. You can kind of because you've already done it once. The pressure's off. You're used to the environment of playing in the tournament format more than your opponent. Maybe you can jump on them. And one thing that I uh, that I heard Doug Amos, host of the Max Roundtable, that comes on before us here on ESPN 106.7, he talked about this today. The environment tonight at the Hoover Met should be awesome it should be amazing because Alabama plays first and then Auburn plays second that should be a great crowd for both games with Alabama taking on Florida and then Auburn playing Vanderbilt I mean and we know what Birmingham is it's the heart of the state when it comes to Auburn and Alabama fans mixing I wonder how many Alabama fans stick around to root against Auburn in the second one because it would be Pretty similar, it feels like, to uh, the NCAA tournament this yes. year. Yes. And where it, they both played at, uh, in Birmingham. Yeah, there that's right. There were plenty of Alabama fans that's there right. to root against Auburn in Auburn's uh, game against Houston. And it would be flipped. If Alabama, if Auburn played first and Alabama played second, tons of Auburn fans would hang out and cheer against Alabama. They just would. But that's what makes it so much fun at the same time. So I thought that was a really good point that Doug made because – it should be a lot of fun. I wish I could go. I wish I could be there. Um, the atmosphere last night was bad because of rain mm-hmm. and then the game starting so late and it going to midnight. Did you see the picture of the how many LSU fans were there today for their first game against South that, Carolina? Actually, but I heard that they were full of purple and gold. I mean, they always full. travel well. They oh, always yeah. travel. They travel better than any other team. I mean, you can make the argument they travel better for the SEC tournament than Auburn and Alabama sometimes. Sometimes. And it's in Auburn and Alabama's backyard, especially Alabama. Well, I was reading on Twitter and stuff today that it's like people were saying it sounds like you were playing a game in Baton Rouge today. 
when when South Carolina was taking them on. That's how many Alex LSU Fox fans. is a very tough place to go play a series. Mm-hmm. So if you can give that kind of vibe in Hoover, that's a great advantage for LSU. And and we would expect to see that tonight with Alabama taking on Florida and then Auburn taking on Vanderbilt after that. When we come back, we'll talk about those games tonight, make some picks and predictions before we get Austin Hannon of Bama Central on the phones at 3.30. We'd love to hear from you, our listener. Phone lines are open for the next few minutes. 334-321-1390. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Welcome back inside the studio here at the Auburn Ovalica Sports Leader, ESPN 106.7. This is the Wednesday edition of On the Line. Got a few more minutes before uh, we get Austin Hannon of Bama Central. That is our Alabama insider. He'll join us at 3.30 on the phone lines to talk all things Alabama athletics, including Alabama baseball and their matchup versus the one-seeded Florida Gators in the SEC tournament. That game set to start at 4.30 p.m. Central time. Carter, your thoughts on the Alabama-Florida game, the one that comes on before Auburn and Vanderbilt? Should be a lot of fun, I think. Yeah, um, I think that this Florida team, I think they're really talented. I mean, you've got Jack Caglione, uh, who is a freak of nature, um, who is hitting stupid amounts of home runs in, in college baseball this year. I mean, he's hitting three forty eight, So, like, We've made a big deal about Bryson Ware hitting 22 home runs and having a chance to hit two more to set the single-season Auburn record. Caglione has 28 home runs. Yeah, it's ridiculous. 28 home runs, 76 RBIs. Yeah. <laughs> That's, they're crazy. Like, I, think, I, just, I just think that that Florida team's probably going to be too much. Um, I think that they're, they're so talented. Um I mean, I'm going to lean Florida. They're they're the the higher seed for the, for the reason as well. As much as our listeners may not want us to, I think you have to give credit where it's due to this Alabama squad, yes. given what they've done with everything Their that's happened. Interview with Darinoka and them was super awkward too. Yeah, it was. It was really weird. Yeah, it was. It's but like, hey, given your coach got fired <laughs> and all this, like, in case you didn't remember, how was that? <laughs> yeah, it was it was weird. But again, credit where it's due. Alabama has they've been playing really really well. They've been playing better since Bohannon yes. got fired. Oh, absolutely. Literally have been playing no, better. It's, it's not it's not comparable. They've won I mean, they took 2 out of 3 against Vanderbilt. They beat Troy in a the midweek. They took 2 out of 3 against A&M. They swept Ole Miss and they beat Kentucky. They've lost 2 games since he got fired. Coming off getting swept by LSU, which I know it's LSU, but I'm like they were a good team before that. But they've been better mm-hmm. since he got fired. And the fact that they are now into the double elim- elimination part of the SEC tournament, you don't necessarily have to beat Florida tonight if you're Alabama. Sure, you'd love to. That would really boost their RPI. Uh, and they sit right at 10. So Alabama even fighting for a possibility to host a Super Regional. And we've talked about the possibility. I don't, I don't think they're there. Even with a win, if they make a run? 
I mean, if they I mean, make I a mean, run, if, I, I mean, if they make the same, if they make the same run that Auburn could, but I, you I think, think they have to win it all to host a because Super? I, I think that it, you're in a situation with Alabama where yes, the RPI is ahead of Auburn, but when you look at, I mean, Auburn has the extra conference win, and as long as they keep these two teams keep winning, I mean, yeah, I mean, if these two teams keep winning, yes, they're they're always going to be one separate, and eventually that cannot keep happening. But I think, from what I've seen from the projections, Auburn's extra conference um, win kind of nudges them ahead just by just by a nose here in the race for where they're at in the seating when it comes to hosting. So then, what happens in your mind if if let's say Auburn loses their next two and Alabama wins one more and then they then, lose their then, next then two? Then I think Alabama edges in front of Auburn I think they, they'll both be hosts I think I w- it would be a crime especially with John Cohen on the baseball committee which we have not really talked about uh, and I'm sure he probably uh, will recuse himself from the discussion when Auburn comes around but he I mean having having somebody in the room you got to feel confident that you're not going to get just absolutely screwed over yeah you're not going to get the app the total short end of the stick you wouldn't think you would you would think that he would have some sort of say and at least influence not even in a bad way but yeah you're they're not going to have conversations that they normally would if a representative of auburn wasn't in the room and so um maybe but look i think alabama their destiny just like auburn their destiny is in their own hands if they beat florida tonight who is sixth in the rpi then they go on and beat either vanderbilt or auburn who vanderbilt is eight auburn is 14 you make a run in this tournament with number four arkansas number five well south carolina lost today but there are teams, number three LSU, like there are teams in this tournament that are really, really good and can boost your RPI if you're Alabama or if you're Auburn. And I think there's a real possibility both of them host a regional. And I think there's a possibility that one, if not both, could host, maybe probably not both, but they're both going to host a regional. And I think one of them can make a run and, and host a super. I really, really do. I, I think it's possible. Yes, they would have to, Auburn would have to stay hot and so would Alabama. But the path is there. Yeah. Now, what's unfortunate for the possibility of both of them hosting a super is they're both on the same side of the bracket. So you got to go through each other very, very soon. That's the only bad part about that. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> chances are if it goes chalk, what you see each other next game tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Who knows? I mean, but how cool would that be for the state? I mean, to host not only to host regionals, but if that were a possibility to possibly host supers, I mean that would be unbelievable. It'd be unbelievable for that to happen. I mean these these two. I mean I guess we haven't even thought about it. These two could see each other twice in this tournament. Mm-hmm. State may explode. What 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 would have to happen for them to somehow get paired with each other? So both would have to win today. Mm-hmm. Both would have to win today. The one that wins tomorrow would have to stay hot and then the the other i guess you'd have you'd run into each other twice you'd you'd have to make some sort of run like that where the loser tomorrow would have to win some games still and you i think you got to get close to that eight nine or seven ten seating spot 
for these two to be paired in a super. But that would be crazy. That would be that. insane. Would they? I don't even know if they'd let that happen. They absolutely would. They they would eat that up. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I've seen the Texas. Texas that's fair. A&M, okay, that's Texas fair. Texas TCU, that's fair. Texas yeah. A&M, TCU. You brought, yeah, you brought that up before. Supers. That's fair. That's and fair. There's some of the best baseball I've seen. There's a crazy game uh, in a super between A&M and TCU years ago. They went like 14 innings. Unbelievable. I don't know if the fan bases can handle a super regional with Auburn or a regional with Auburn and Alabama or however the world that could happen. We'll talk to Austin Hannon about that, Alabama Central, when we come back. Jacob Goins and Carter Bird on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 more minutes here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins. He is Carter Bird. Welcoming in Austin Hannon, our Wednesday 3.30 guest of Bama Central, our Alabama insider, and what seems to be our boots on the ground in Hoover. Right, Austin? That would be correct. I am here live in Hoover, We got about just a little under an hour now until Alabama takes on Florida. Um, the double double elimination round is start. Auburn is in it too. They beat uh, Missouri last night pretty good. So uh, we might we might get to see those two teams play each other tomorrow if, if both win or both lose today. Yeah, and it'll be really exciting. I think the atmosphere is going to be great tonight. And then if they match up tomorrow, it'll be even better because of the rivalry in this state. But I mean, you you being in Hoover right now, what's the uh, atmosphere uh, like around the uh, Met? Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, it, well, it was kind of ugly for most of the day yesterday, and uh, I think the, some of the rain threw the fans away, but beautiful day now here in, uh, in what you want to call the Birmingham metropolitan area here in Hoover. So uh, the fans are starting to pour in, and you'll see a lot of crimson and white, and then obviously later you'll get the navy and orange coming in. So, uh, yeah, good environment. we got Texas a and beating Arkansas right now, so that's kind of surprising. They already beat Tennessee yesterday, and... They were kind of a team that was trying to play their way into a, into a tournament after kind of a poor end of the season, uh, but they're doing just that right now. Right, and that's sort of what we talked about a little bit today with Texas A and M. I mean, they're they're kind of shocking the world right now with Tennessee yesterday and, and up on Arkansas if they can hold on. But want to talk to you about this Alabama team uh, taking on Florida later today. But how they got here? They beat Kentucky yesterday. What'd you see from the Crimson Tide against the Wildcats? And it, it was it was really a two man show. Um, you know, Jason Jackson was from coach went with Hunter Santato. A lot of fans were not too responsive, liking that decision. Uh, he kind of a young and experienced guy struggling a little bit. But you know, Hoover. I mean, you can't just come in here and and especially if you're playing on Tuesday, throw out your ace. You know, in the first day because then if you win, then by Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you're not going to have anybody left. So. You kind of got to go bullpen if you have to play in that opening round, and Alabama did. And, you know, it went perfectly, you know, for, for the Crimson Tide. He went five innings, allowing zero runs. And then Andrew Pigney, I mean, everywhere on the field yesterday, he threw a guy out. I want to say the ball was probably in the air for a second and a half from right field to catcher. No bounce. Uh, that, that took a board off. That took a run off the board for Kentucky, I should say, early in the game. And then he had a two-run home run later in the game and then a double and catching, sliding and catching balls and foul third. I mean, he's doing it all. He's, he's making the MLB scouts that are here at Hoover Drool, and uh, for good reason. I mean, he came back this year after probably getting some interest, but wanted to come back and play another year, and 
uh, he's kind of living it up in Hoover right now. Yeah, I mean, it's something we see every year in the SEC. Guys uh, come back and and perform even better. I mean, and Pinckney uh, hitting three forty eight this year with his 16 home runs. It's been – I mean, he was the star of the show last night, and, I mean, at one point I was sitting there thinking – Wow, Kentucky's letting one guy beat him out here right right now on the offensive end. Just how impressive is it when you see a guy like that on a stage like this step up and really, at least in the beginning, kind of carry the team there early to build that lead and make some great defensive plays to kind of have his team settle into to an environment like that in in Hoover. Yeah, I mean he's just a great baseball player. We talked to Jason Jackson last night and. He said, look, there's a lot of star power here. Obviously, it's probably, I mean, it's probably 10 of the best, 10 or 12 of the best programs in the entire country all in one place, and that includes the players on each team. I mean, there's superstars all over the field right now. This morning, later tonight, I mean, they're everywhere. And, and he said he's kind of one of those guys, though. Like, he might be overlooked because he's not, you know, the Dylan Cruz of the world and people like that, but he's a guy that kind of, that's our guy. And, you know, he hits the ball well. He plays great in the field. He's fast. He really does it all. And it's just crazy to see how much he's grown since he came in, he kind of came in as a lanky kid that, you know, was athletic and uh, was kind of a speedy guy on the bases. And, I mean, now he's jacked. I mean, I watched him in batting practice on Monday. I mean, vascular is a gift. Um, he's hitting home runs like nobody's business this year. And, you know, I think that was probably what he was told early in his college career, that if he wanted to, you know, make the big leagues and get drafted and do all that kind of stuff, he's going to have to get bigger and, and hit the weight room and start, you know, hitting for power because that's what baseball's about now. So, uh, he, he's done just that, and it's great to see that all his hard work is starting to pay off here. Austin Hannon of Bama Central joining us on the phone lines live from Hoover at the Hoover Matt Alabama Baseball, getting ready to take on Florida tonight in the SEC tournament. Before we talk about that Florida team, Austin, we were giving credit where it's due. Even though we're an Auburn station, we have Auburn listeners, we were giving credit to where it's due for this Alabama squad who, since all the Brad Bohannon stuff went down, man, it seems like they're playing better than they ever have this season. They really are, and it's it's no secret that, um, you know, every now and then, and then the team, regardless of in college or pro or whatever, when there's an issue coach in there, it can go one of two ways. I think I might have said this to you guys last week. I mean, you could have turned away and laid down and said, okay, like we're, maybe we're just an average baseball team and now our coach is gone and let's just out and, uh, you know, eventually the season's going to end and we can, we can kind of get past all this. Or you can kind of buckle up and say, hey, let's buy into this message and, and see what we can make happen here at the end of the season. They won six in a row. Uh, they've lost just two games since Bohannon was fired up that series in Baton Rouge. So uh, they're, they're playing great baseball. They're, it's looking like they're going to host now. And uh, obviously a win today is going to guarantee that. Or I think even just a win tomorrow, even in the, the loser's bracket, would be just that. Um, because that whenever Kentucky was huge, let's face it, Kentucky was the top five RPI team. You put that on your resume. Um, and that's your 17th SEC win if you, if you count the tournament. So, um, yeah, they're, they're playing great, and they're just kind of taking everything one day at a time. I mean, their approach has been really perfect. Um, they, instead of really thinking about everything that happened and, and trying to, like, be down about it, they, they kind of said, let's, say, let's take this thing one game at a time. Let's focus. Let's keep our focus in here and, and just play good baseball and uh, try to go 1-0 every day. That's what all the players and coaches are saying. So, uh, they're, they're, whatever they're doing, it's working, and, and they need to keep doing it. And, at this rate, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they were going to make it to the region. Yeah, I mean, it, they've, they've been playing great ball. And coming up here in, like you said, about an hour, it's going to be Luke Holman taking the mound for Alabama. What uh, are Auburn fans that might be tuning in, in in store for with him on the mound facing this 
very dangerous Florida lineup led by White Langford and, of course, the college baseball home run king and Jack Caglione. Yeah, Florida's, Florida's just about a, a perfect team at this point in the season. I mean, they had their dips here and there, but 42 and 13 and 20 and 10 in the SEC is no joke. And obviously, they worked their way. They won 11, I think, of their last 14 games in the regular season to get their one seed here. Um, and yeah, they're, they're hard to beat. It's not going to be an easy game, but you're going with your ace on the mound. That's what Luke Holman's kind of become for Alabama. Um, and he's kind of just thrown into that role because of Garrett McMillan's injury last year that carried over. Um, McMillan was the ace last year, and he's now the the, third, the second guy, and will probably be seen tomorrow, uh, regardless of if they're in the winners or losers bracket. But yeah, Luke Holman, great year so far. I mean, came in with not that much experience this year, and I think he accepted the role of ace, and, and he's kind of nailed it. Other than a couple back injuries here and there, that sat him out a couple games, but I think he's got like a three five three ERA. He's he's won seven. He's only lost three. So when he's out there, they're playing winning baseball and. Um, you know, obviously I'm not a huge record guy when it comes to pitching, but there's something there, right? I mean, there's something that's in the clubhouse. Hey, when this guy's on the mound, we hit the ball better, we feel better, we do all these other things. Uh, but, uh, I mean, yeah, it's going to be it's a tough task, right? I mean, Florida's lineup probably, if not the best, one of the best in the country, and he's going to have to try to deal with that today. Austin, if you had to make predictions, because we're going to put you on the spot, if you had to make a prediction for this Alabama team, they get one win under their belt here in the SEC tournament. They're taking on Florida tonight. We know the teams that they could run into, including Auburn, if they both win, both lose, whatever. What's your prediction for this Alabama team this week in Hoover? How far do you think that legitimately they could go? Yeah, it, yeah. I, I was telling everybody yesterday, and this is no disrespect to Kentucky, great baseball team. Uh, they're probably still going to host the regional. But I, I just felt like the fans were here. The team's playing the way they're playing. I thought that they would come out and beat the Wildcats. They did. Um, but, I mean, this is a whole different whole different kind of challenge, especially with the, the way Florida's playing. I think it's, it's second right now. I'd probably pick them to win the national championship um, and win this thing this weekend. So, if, if, if they lose today, I don't think it's the end of the world. Um, you know, you're going to get sent down to the loser's bracket, which is not fun on Wednesday, but um, – that's what you kind of get. I mean, you're the ninth seed. You knew this was coming. If you if you beat Kentucky, you knew you're going to have to play the number one seed. So, um, and Auburn Auburn's in a similar position. They, they got to play a great Vanderbilt team tonight. And if you lose, you, you kind of have to just regroup tomorrow and, and see what you can do on the loser's side, and you know maybe make it to this weekend. And once you get there, you never know. So, um, my prediction, I think I think it's going to be a tough game today. I, I, I can't. I'm not going to predict. I'm not going to be the guy to predict Alabama to beat the number one seed. So I'll take Gators today. Um, that game tonight should be interesting. I, I don't know. I don't know what the way Vanderbilt kind of finished the season a little weird. They did end up scraping that series at home against Arkansas, but um, they didn't look too great in Tuscaloosa, and they didn't look good at all in the first game and a half against Arkansas. So Auburn, Auburn might be able to get that done with the way they're playing. But if Vanderbilt wins, we, we get to see uh, we get to see how they win Auburn and Noah Ironball. Iron Bowl SEC baseball tournament game. Yeah, I mean, Vanderbilt, we were talking about it last segment. They're one of the weirder teams when you go back and look at what they did in conference play. They basically, for over half the series, either got swept or swept somebody. So they were kind of up, up and down for a team that's one of the best programs in uh, college baseball. With the idea that Auburn and Alabama could see each other, I guess as many as two times in Hoover, how crazy would it be? And how hot would these teams have to get for them to both host and be paired and potentially play a super regional in the state of Alabama? 
Oh, see, that, that's going to be a tough situation just because of where they are sitting right now. I, I think there's a good chance that they're both going to host. The problem is they'll probably be both towards the bottom of, of that hosting thing. So something would have to go drastically wrong uh, with one of the, the top overall seeds in the country for them to match up in the Super Regions. But it would be crazy. I think right now Alabama, just because of RPI and everything like that, has got the advantage. They also have the head-to-head. So they would probably, if they were somehow facing the Super Regional, would probably be in Tuscaloosa. Uh, but obviously that can change this week. And, and Auburn, you know, they're one and two against Alabama, but let's say they play tomorrow and Auburn eliminates Alabama from this tournament, there you go. Now they've got the most recent win and it's two and two, so maybe it flips back to, to Auburn. So um, they're both really on an even playing field right now. Um, they're both playing great baseball at the right time. And uh, I think Hoover, the Hoover mat in the Hoover area would, would love to see those two teams play because we can see all these blue seats be filled um, tomorrow. And with that, the atmosphere of is something we mentioned at the beginning of this with Bama playing first and Auburn following it up, and it would be the same vice versa. What do you expect that atmosphere to be like as you're there live at the Hoover Met? It should be good. I'm seeing some Crimson roll in. Obviously, I don't know how many Auburn fans are going to come in. Uh, they'll have a late night, so they might want to show up a little later. You know, so maybe go out and have a couple drinks and eat some dinner before they play Vandy tonight, but. And they're also probably a little tired. And that game went pretty late last night after mm-hmm. whatever it was, the hour delay um, in the middle of the day. So um, it's never fun to be to be the team that gets the draw, uh, to be the last team to play every day, and especially here in, in May and Hoover. It's, it seems like it rains every day. So um, you end up having some pretty crazy hours. And I, th- I think the game did wrap up till probably after 12, near 1 o'clock in the morning last night. So uh, those Tiger fans are probably still spooking in a little bit, trying to take it slow. Uh, because now that they're into here the double elimination round, they got they got two losses to deal with, and they're going to be here a little longer. Austin Hannon of Bama Central. He joins us every Wednesday at 3.30 here on On the Line. He is live there at the Hoover Met as Alabama getting ready to take on Florida and then Auburn, of course, taking on Vanderbilt later on tonight. Austin, as always, brother, we appreciate you, especially taking time out of what is a busy day for you. Let everybody know where they can keep up with you and everything you got going on with Bama Central. Yeah, BamaSister.com, that's, that's where you're going to find most of the coverage here going on. If you do want to dip into Alabama stuff, I, I, I wouldn't blame you for the answer with no. I know the majority of people listening right now are Auburn fans, and I respect that. And I know a lot of Alabama fans probably don't tune in and read into out much Auburn stuff. They just like to make conclusions based off what they think and, and what their heart thinks. So, uh, yeah, BamaSister.com, if we do get to that point tomorrow, you might want to tune in and see what's going on for the game. Um, and then also hit an FDI on Twitter. So, that's it. That's all I got. That's the spiel every week I give you. But uh, Carter, Jacob, it's been good. Appreciate y'all, man. Have a appreciate great time in, in, uh, in Hoover, Austin. We appreciate you uh, every single week. Talk that is. Talk to you fellas next week. Yeah, appreciate it, man. That is Austin Hannon of Bama Central. Again, he joins us every Wednesday at 3.30, our Alabama insider there at Hoover. And uh game's gotten a little interesting, Carter. It's 4-1, to one, but Arkansas making some noise. Literally, before we called Austin, ah. Uh, A&M's going to win this game. It's a 4-1 to game in the top of the seventh at the time. Arkansas still had three at-bats to go, and I said, ah, it's a little early for me to say that. A&M still is going to win this game. I think they I get mean, out of they, it. They, they're, they should, you should pick them because they have a three-run lead. They could get out of this absolutely, but Arkansas's not dead by any means. No, not, not by any means. Base is juice. Do you want to change your answer now? No. <laughs> just because I said so, I'm going to leave my answer. But, hey, big big shout-out again uh, to Austin Hannon, taking some time out of what is a busy day for him, getting ready to cover the Alabama baseball game as the Crimson Tide, taking on 
a really, really good Florida team. And so uh, we appreciate Austin every single week. He'll be back with us next Wednesday. We'll recap the SEC tournament, talk about what's going on in the regionals with Austin Hannon of Bama Central. We'll take our final break, give you final updates from Hoover. Oh, boy. See you later. Well, would you look at that? That That was a monster. A (laughs) go-ahead nuclear bomb grand slam to left as Arkansas. Oh, my gosh. He got all of that. If you happen to be a Texas A&M fan listening to our show for some reason, please call in and get (laughs) mad at Jacob for jinxing this team. You're telling me I give the broadcasters curse, or is that what you're saying? Yes, because you said multiple times A&M was going to win this game in a fairly tight game with plenty of time left that was uh, that was a reminiscence of what Auburn did last night in the eighth inning that was a bomb right there in the seventh inning Arkansas 5-4 lead on Texas A&M, A&M we'll update you shocked they they should be shocked we'll update you on that give our final thoughts on Auburn and Vanderbilt tonight here on the Wednesday edition of on the line you are on the line on ESPN 106.7 Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Texas A&M has fallen apart. They, are <laughs> they have fallen apart against Arkansas. Our guy on the mound just threw a ball behind the Arkansas pitcher. Great job by the A&M catcher to catch that. Oh, yeah. I mean, he caught it, made the stop, did his job, but Lord help, poor Texas A&M, man. they a single and what uh a walk back to back how did the second guy get on yeah he got hit yeah Yeah, he got hit yeah got hit on the back so now we are things are potentially gonna go really haywire here for a&m and they have nobody to blame but you (laughs) get out of here with that man get out of here there you literally were you were fly if this if if you were at wrigley field you were flying the w flag for the win in the top of the seventh inning well, I picked him on the air. I wasn't going to turn around and go against him. Did he make what, that play? What, what? Did he make that play? Why he did. did. Oh, he made the play. Such bad base running by Arkansas. He made the Just play. Just running into and out that you didn't have to run into. Make him make him throw throw the guy out at first. Make make them make a couple throws rather than making one. Don't run into a tag. Well, it was a three-run lead that's, for Arkansas. That's sixth and sixth-grade baseball stuff right there. Oh, I agree. It was a three-run lead for A&M, and Wagner for Arkansas stepped up and hit it into the wind and put it in the parking lot at the Hoover. Well, no, 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 it's with the wind. That's well, that, why that's, I mean. well, that's what I meant, like with the wind. And, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant, yes. And, uh, yeah, Arkansas with a 5-4 lead going to the eighth inning. And so maybe Texas a and should have been worse. Should have been. Absolutely should have been. And so we'll see if A&M can bounce back. I don't have the confidence in it, but – A&M's going to win this game because I said so, and that's what we're going to go with. And that went really well the last time you said it out loud. Five minutes ago, yeah. <laughs> and the, right before we went to break, that was when the Grand Slam nuke happened. Uh, so we'll see. We'll, um, uh, I'm sure Bill and Dan will update you on the drive coming up from 4 to 6 on the results of that. Alabama, Not Florida. The of, they'll, start, they'll be able to watch the start of that Alabama-Florida mm-hmm. game. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, Alabama-Florida and then Auburn-Vanderbilt. Your predictions for those two games tonight, Carter. I'm gonna say Florida wins, and I, I just got a feeling Auburn gets one done. I think, I think yesterday you kind of exercised the demons of Hoover because it's been so long, and I think Ossip throws well today, and I think you you score enough runs to to make that Vanderbilt team uncomfortable, and I think you get a win. Yeah, with with the Alabama Florida game, 
Alabama's playing really well. Florida's just a better team. They just got better dudes. I'm going to take the Gators in that yeah, game. They've got, they've got more power. They've got better pitchers, top to bottom, and they've got uh, more guys who hit for higher averages. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take Florida. Um, I think it'll be a good game, though. I- I'm excited to watch that and keep up with it. Auburn-Vanderbilt, man, I just don't know. Uh, Auburn, Auburn's playing better, but Vanderbilt is just so good. They're just so good. But I'm going to go with Auburn. I'm going with the hot team. I am. It's hard to go against the hot team who has a game under their belt, has a win under their belt. As you mentioned, they they got over the hump in Hoover. They're playing better than anybody else in the entire country, and it's really hard to go against that. I'm going to take Auburn in what should be a high-scoring, exciting game against the Commodores tonight. I'll make a I'll, I'll make a prediction here. Alabama loses. Auburn wins but they still run into each other in this tournament. Which means I've got Alabama beating Vanderbilt here in, what, tomorrow? So I've got Vanderbilt going 0-2 in a barbecue and Alabama navigating the loser's bracket for a little bit and meeting Auburn. I'll make that that prediction. Your prediction for this Arkansas Razorbacks and Arkansas wins. Arkansas wins. Arkansas wins. <laughs> think Arkansas it's, holds it's, on? It's over already. It was over as soon as you opened your mouth. That's very fair. That's very fair. I am. I'm very good at the broadcaster's curse. Whether it's on the show or an actual broadcast, I'm yes. known for it. I am. I'm yes. known for it. Oh, I've I've been there for a lot of them. Unfortunately, yeah. Good thing is though, we'll be back tomorrow. We're out of time today, but come back tomorrow, two to four, right here on ESPN 106.7. And until then, stay safe. I'll talk to you later.